you want to get in on the action, we want to hear from you. Email us at faderoutemail at gmail.com with your questions, comments, picks, segment suggestions, you name it. We want to hear from you. We're on Instagram too. Slide in our DMs at Fade Route Podcast. Get at us. Uh, I got the Rams destroying COVID. Is that the ball? Man. <laughs> Adam Gase. That is all. I lost my train of thought. 0-14. Another Festivus miracle. <laughs> Okay. Welcome to the Fade Route with D and Z. Here are your hosts, D and Z. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of The Fade Route with DNZ. I am Z, and I hope that your pole is out of the crawl space, that you got the night off from H&H, but you haven't been in a schwitz for six hours, because it is time for Festivus. It is a real thing, boys and girls. There will be an airing of grievances. There will be, or there may have already been, feats of strength. But we're going to start with acts of stupidity. Dwayne Haskins, you are barely hanging on in the NFL. Your coach has given up on you. You're this close to getting cut at the end of the offseason. What the hell are you doing? Going to a Seattle strip club after a loss and just hanging out maskless of all things well the NFL just came down on him with a $40,000 fine and my only question is this who took him more for a ride the NFL or the strippers (laughs) and here he is I've known this guy since our days on carousel shoes flight crew through and through the last QB in St. John's history what's up D happy Festivus How's it going, man? Happy Festivus. You know, in the beginning, I was kind of upset with him because he went there after a loss. But then I realized he went there because they lost. He needed something to cheer him up. <laughs> titty. <laughs> Did you say Diddy or Titty? <laughs> oh, Titties. Titties make put, put titties put a smile on everybody's face. My only hope is that he waited till he got back to D.C., and then went back down to where the training facility is in Richmond and visited Paper Moon. Shout out to Jay's and Alexa. But we're not going to talk about that very long. Like I said, it is Festivus, so we're going to keep things light and airy. But we do have some problems, and we are going to... holiday special. It is a holiday special, 100%. Wednesday night. Absolutely. We don't do this that often. We don't don't, uh, get on Wednesday very often, but... We're, we're testing it, it out. Could be something we do in the new year. Absolutely. Who knows? But we're making the effort for you guys. It's a long weekend, and we know that you're going to be starved for content 
about halfway through Christmas Day, and you are going to want to get away from your family if you are with your family. Especially if you lose in the feats of strength, you're going to want to, you know, do something else in the meantime. A hundred percent. It's time for the fade-in where we give a nod to the trending sports stories of the week. And speaking of the feats of strength, on Sunday, the New York Jets broke the schneid. They did their very best to give it back to the, the L.A. Rams, but it is over. They are on a one-game winning streak after they beat the Rams 23-20. to 20. I really have nothing to say about this because I didn't think in a million years it would happen. I will cede my time to you. Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of people were upset with the Jets winning this game. Their chances of getting the number one overall pick are pretty slim now. Looks like that's going to go to Jacksonville. But you know what? You play to win the game. Uh, Ala Herman Edwards on that one. Hello? (laughs) So... You know, just uh, you know, just for our listeners to give them a little history, there's only been a few teams that have actually finished the season with no wins. You've got uh, the 1960 Dallas Cowboys going 0 11 and 1. You got the 1976 Tampa Bay Buccaneers who went 0 14. 1982 Baltimore Colts went 0 8 and 1. The 2008 Detroit Lions went 0 16. And the 2017 Cleveland Browns went 0-16. Shout out to Regina and Farmingdale who wanted us to let her know what teams were not able to get wins in the NFL in the regular season. But in my opinion, what happens now is, you know, now you're going to go forward with Sam Darnold. You know, now the decision is made. And yes, there are games left in the season. It's a possibility Jacksonville could win a game or two, even though I think they're trying to lose it's possible that the Jets do still end up in the number one pick, but it's probably not going to happen. But now your fate's set. You're tied to Sam Darnold. You're going to ride him out. So now what do you do at number two? Um, people would say go after an offensive lineman. The guy Sewell from Oregon, he's a left tackle. You already have a left tackle. Maybe you can move him inside, or maybe you can move him to right tackle. You could get the, the uh, Miami defensive end, uh, Greg Russo. Um, you could trade the pick. Um, you know, people are definitely going to be vying to to move up to get certain players that they want. You don't take Justin Fields from Ohio State. That's not the answer. You could reach, go with a Devonta Smith from Alabama. But, hey, man, you played to win the game. You won the game. You beat an undefe- That was their Super Bowl. They beat an undefeated – oh, they beat a Rams team that was that is probably going to the playoffs – and they uh, they shocked them. All I can say is this. It took them a really long time to have some fucking pride. <laughs> like, that is insane to me. The, the only really guy. Like, yeah. <laughs> the only guy on that team that showed any semblance of shame, any semblance of pride, was Frank Gore. And Frank Gore said, I'm not going out on an 0-16. And he played like it on Sunday. You know what? Marcus May. You showed up. Good for you. Congratulations. Um, 
Sam Darnold had a decent game. I mean, he's not a world beater. He's never claimed to be. He's never going to be, at least under the in this organization, under this coaching regime. So it really is more about next year. And, you know, fans are livid at it. It's a, you know, calling it a bad win because you actually screwed yourself out of the number one overall pick. The season's not over yet. The Jacksonville Jaguars could still win a game. The Jets can still lose out. So it only applies to having an identical record that the Jacksonville Jaguars have the advantage because of a weaker strength of schedule. As far as what the Jets do, the as soon as the season's over, burn some sage and shit can Adam Gates. I don't know which one you do first. You <laughs> might want to smoke them out with the sage. But as far as what you do with the number two overall pick, I agree with you. You don't take Justin Fields. Build around Sam Darnold. You still don't know what the hell he is. I have no certainty of what Sam Darnold is as a quarterback, and I've been watching him for his entire career. So how about that? Invest in an offensive line besides Mekhi Becton. Invest in some legitimate wide receivers besides Perriman and Berrios. Who scored a touchdown like Braxton Berrios? Good for you, man. You were a kick. I mean, the Jets team, the Jets wide receivers make really good kick return specialists because that's (laughs) what they've been. They've been special teams players their entire career. Uh, Maybe you have something in Pirine as far as as running back. I don't know. Uh, Frank Gore is pretty much gone. I mean, he said it as much. He's not going out on 0 16. Well, now you can rest easy, Frank. You can you can <laughs> retire on a one in fifteen, probably. And yeah, I, I you know, maybe you start building around Sam Darnold, and who knows? It may not be as as slow of a of a trek back up as it was going back down. Just don't mess this up, right? It's like you have the number two pick. Don't mess this up. So. You know, you're not going to get Trevor Lawrence, but you literally have the chance to get the best player at another position available. Right. Right. So if you, you have to figure out if your scouting department can identify that player or trade the pick. Yeah. Trade the pick and get more picks because you're, you're years away, right? You're not, you're not really close. No. Uh, you need wide receivers, you need running backs, you need offensive line, you need defensive line, you need corners, you need a line. Well, linebacker, you probably could go with Mobley still, but you, you're going to need uh, secondary. You got rid of Adams. So you're really rebuilding the team, and you're not going to do that with the number two pick in this draft. So yeah. um, I think the best way to move forward, like I said, is to either get an offensive lineman um, or uh, you can get a good defensive player. But again, Probably trading out, especially this year, it's been so wonky. Trade out, get some more picks, and move forward. Another team that was surprised by a win on the other side was the Pittsburgh Steelers, who since starting off 11-0 and have lost consecutive games. Uh, so Steelers are losing. They in a free-for-all. What say you? It certainly looks it. Uh, Brent Roethlisberger did not have his best game. That's saying something, you know, he had seven yards, I believe seven net yards in the first half. 
Juju looked terrible. Claypool looked terrible. Juju dropping got passes. blowed up. He yeah. got blowed up on a play. Blowed up. Dropping passes left and right, getting blown up. You're still way too pass heavy. You have lost a lot of guys on your defense. And Mike Tomlin knows it. He said it. We throw the ball too damn much. So you're the head coach. Do something about it. Did he really say that? He really yeah, he that? did. Yeah, he, he has acknowledged the fact that, that their offense is not what he wants it to be. Their so, offense is predictable, and it's embarrassing. Like, if they're third and one, and they can't get a yard. Like, you're the Pittsburgh Steelers. You can't get a yard? No. Against the Bengals. Against the Bungles? Exactly. And they traded the, They traded Dunlap. They traded their best players. So, you know, they, they're, free, they're clearly in a, a free fall. And your defense... I mean, you made Ryan Finley look like friggin' Teddy Bridgewater. You made him look like Michael Vick on that touchdown run. 26-yard touchdown run. He just ran right through him. See ya. And then Gio Bernard. What did I tell you about Gio Bernard? Whenever he plays, he's good for like a touchdown. He had two. Like You're, <laughs> you're turning Gio Bernard into friggin' Walter Payton. So, I, you know, they are in a free fall right now, and they got to plug these leaks they got to stop the bleeding quickly because – I mean, they, they lose this weekend. I mean, we we didn't get into our picks yet, but I'm sure you have them losing to Indy this weekend. Absolutely. I mean, the way they're playing right now, I mean, I you can't trust them. It's I just, mean, Ben Ben appears to be almost in a fog, like almost like a fighter who's been punched too many times in the face. Like he's sitting back there and there's no urgency. and it does. I mean, it doesn't seem like he can complete the deep ball – these guys can't catch the passes. Somebody got to test Ben for COVID. Does he have COVID? Like, what's going on with you, man? And, yeah, and, and, and he wants to come back next year? You want to come back looking like that? But this is – but you know what? I think we just give Pittsburgh too much of the benefit of the doubt, right? Because remember a couple of years ago, they had the three Bs, right? They had Ben, they had Brown, and they had Bell. And they weren't able to move forward. Like, that's a team that should have went to the Super Bowl. And if you remember, they got blowed out by the Jacksonville Jaguars in a playoff game. Um, so, I just think Pittsburgh is on the downfall. They'll be lucky, it seems like, if they can win one more game this year. So, I mean, that's a wrap for them. The but... bottom line is this. They are descending at the wrong time and you have the Cleveland Browns of all organizations. The Cleveland friggin' Browns are on the upswing after they beat my Giants because Freddie Kitchens has never called a play in his life. And Freddie. they are they are very Freddie. Oh Freddie. Jesus Christ, Freddie. You know, maybe Pat Shermer wants you on his team. Maybe maybe Pat Shermer wants you on his coaching staff. Fuck the both of you. Anyway, um, maybe, just maybe, the Browns are going to pass the Steelers like two ships in the night. And <laughs> it's the Browns that take this division behind Baker Mayfield and especially that running game. I mean, it's possible. It's definitely going to be a fight all the way down until the last couple of weeks. Um, and Baltimore is right in the mix. And Baltimore has a tiebreaker with Cleveland. Um, so everyone's going to be competing, which we we all knew Pittsburgh and 
Baltimore were going to be competing all the way down to the end of the season. But we didn't think the Browns were going to be in that shuffle. And they've got a rather easy game this weekend against the New York Jets. So they should definitely win that game and keep in the mix as they're likely to lock for the playoffs. It's a matter of, you know, can they get a home game, which would be incredible. Um, you know, worlds are friggin' like dogs and cats are living together, and this is ridiculous. You know, the Cleveland Browns are gonna mass have a hysteria. Playoff. Yeah, mass hysteria. <laughs> the, the Cleveland Browns are gonna be division champs, so you can't say anything about the NFC East when the Cleveland Browns are a division champion. Well, one of the new division champions, which was crowned recently, was the Buffalo Bills. Looks like the AFC East is in for a shakeup, Patriots are out. Is this a temporary setback for the Patriots, or is this a reorganization of the AFC East? This year was a weird year from jump when all of pretty much all of Belichick's defensive stalwarts decided they were going to opt out for COVID <laughs> concerns. Right, that's right. You, you you can't fault them for that. So like you I Hightower, to- Chung. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, big big time players. It wasn't just yeah. like you know backups. Exactly. You had the backbone of that defense. I mean, the McCourty brothers can only do so much. So, I'm willing to give the defense pass. The offense, like it is just stagnant with Cam Newton, because Cam Newton, much like Ben, can't complete a pass down the field, but for totally different reasons. It's not so much that, I mean, in Ben's case, they're dropping passes. In Cam's case, he can't deliver the ball. So he's getting outclassed by guys like Jacoby Myers, who threw a freaking beauty of a touchdown pass. And he was a quarterback in college. So it's one of those things that, you know, maybe Cam is still recovering from COVID. And he said, you know, physically, it takes a long time to recover. If I'm Belichick, I'm not willing to give him the benefit of the doubt based on what I've seen from him. Ultimately, I see it as a temporary setback, but they definitely need a quarterback. I think everyone, I mean, I've been saying it for like the last three or four years now that I thought the AFC East was in for a shakeup. Even when Brady was there, I really felt like Buffalo and Miami were starting to turn the corner Uh, more so Miami than Buffalo, but Buffalo's kind of proved that they're ready now, right? You know, they've got their quarterback. They appear to think that they have their running back in Moss um, and Diggs. And, you know, their defense needs to play better, but they have a defensive-minded coach, so they should be formidable. They're going to become formidable there. Um, Miami, you know, they have Jones and Howard, who seem to be able to be the backbone of their their defense from a corner perspective. Um, Their offense with Tua – and some young guys, they can compete. Uh, and to the Patriots, like you said, they lost it. They lost like eight players from COVID. They're still gonna fix. Damian Harris appears. Uh, Damian Harris appears to be the guy who can really run the football. Sony Michelle can run the football. They're gonna get Rex Burkhead back. So running back perspective, they're fine. And offensive line, they have actually one of the best offensive lines in football. Like. Their five guys all rank within the top twenty-five of offensive linemen, yeah. so they're they're fine there. Um, they're just gonna have to figure out who their quarterback's gonna be, and they're gonna have to get somebody on somebody other than Julian Edelman to catch the ball. So they might be a candidate to draft, you know, a wide receiver if they can. 
in the upcoming draft. And then you got the Jets, who, you know, we, we mentioned a little earlier. They're obviously in a building area. You know, they got, they're going to have to get draft picks. I think they're going to move forward with Darnold. Williams seems to be a formidable defensive tackle. I think they had to put him on IR today. But I don't think it's I don't think it's temporary. I think we're going to see a new it's kind of going it's going to be kind of like that AFC South a couple of years ago, the NFC South a couple of years ago where a different team won the division every year. You're not going to see the you're going to see any team in the AFC East rattling off 11 straight years of winning winning the division. No, definitely not. But also at the same time, Let's not be too quick to crown the Miami Dolphins because although that game was a 10-point win, Tua Tungavailoa did not exactly inspire. So maybe they pulled the trigger too early on him. It remains to be seen. But if you have a competent quarterback back there that can actually deliver the ball on time and deep, they the Patriots probably walk away with that game. Yeah, I mean, I believe at the score at halftime was like six nothing, and I think you, you we were texting each other because I think there was like a fake punt. <laughs> or yeah, yeah. Uh, so you know they did a, they used some tricks, and 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 Miami was down a lot of players. Um, believe their tight end was out, Parker was out. You know they they weren't playing with a full deck. But we also talked about this too. You know, New England doesn't always play well in Miami. They always no. go down there and kind of shit the bed. And they did that, I think, last year where they had a chance to lock up, like, the number one seed, and they got they got beat, I think, at the last minute from the Dolphins. No, they absolutely did. And it really was a house of horrors for Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, and it continues to be so with the different quarterbacks. So, clearly, Coach Flo knows what he's doing on defense, and the offense is still a work in progress. You get Kasicki back. You get Devontae Parker back, you know. They have a pretty good run game, and if Tua can, you know, discover how to be a pocket passer in addition to running, that makes you a dangerous team. That makes you the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I think they're going to be okay. Speaking of okay, we've gone through the first day of the NBA, and nothing major has happened. Outside of James Harden, uh, there's a picture floating around of him and a club without a mask on. So that's got to diminish his trade value just a touch. But um, Well, the Rockets had to shut down operations today because of COVID. Oh, so and so it begins. Yep, so the game that they were supposed to have, their opener got canceled. And, and rightfully so. You can't really have Harden there, and you can't really have that kind of situation go about. But it's yeah. good because, you know, this is why the NBA only released half of the schedule because they don't know what the back half is going to look like as far as makeups or moving games around. That, that's a great point. Absolutely. And I don't know if I'm a team that was looking into James Harden. Now, we know Miami's out. They've already they pretty much said as much. Uh, so that leaves you with like Philly, the Nets and maybe a few other teams kind of like around the periphery. This news comes out, it really it gives you pause about the kind of guy that you are bringing into your locker room. Yeah, I don't I mean, it's almost like a Dwayne Haskins situation, right? Like he's not he's not getting it. It's not, his the the pictures that are showing up online is is like kind of like screw you to the league and screw you to the Rockets. And mm-hmm. like you said, it's like what team's going to really want to deal with this? Like what yeah. team 
what team really wants that? And you're going to have to pay this guy. You exactly. Know? Um, so, and there weren't even any titties. Yeah. So, and then if you're, if you're the Nets, after you just blew out the Warriors last night, do you really feel like you need James Harden on your team? I mean, I know I it's just one game, but, uh, you know, maybe, maybe a team like the Pacers could get interested, right? If you have the yeah. Pacers, it's like, Hey, you know, we'll take them. You know, that'll definitely get us into the playoffs. And, you know, we can't, uh, you know, we got some big guys. We can probably, we'll probably just be like the Indiana Rockets if we pick him up. Right. But if you're a guy, if you're a veteran guy like Tuck James, uh, PJ Tucker, you're like, dude, what are you doing? Like, come on, I'm trying to win here. Like, and then the, the new coach, I feel bad for the new coach. I'm not surprised if he just doesn't try to get his old job back. Like, this is, this is a waste <laughs> of time. Like, what am I doing here? I, I signed with I signed thinking I was gonna have the best player, my best players in the club. The two guys we trade, the one guy we signed and the one guy we traded for just got COVID. So what, <laughs> we haven't even played a game yet, and I already feel like we're zero and one. Exactly. So I mean, prepare for, prepare yourselves for upheaval in the NBA, boys and girls, because the bubbles are gone for now. Everybody is in their home arenas and. Things are going to be kind of up in the air, considering the fact that half the schedule's already been released, and I'm sure there's going to be some fluidity in that. But as far as teams go, as far as predictions go, like we kind of know who is good and who is bad. The NBA is one of those team is one of those leagues where you don't really get the bubble up. You know, you really don't get the worst of first. Because- no, because they make it impossible. Yeah. They make well, it impossible. Almost. It's an 82-game season, and then the playoffs are so damn long that only the best team is going to survive. You, no team is going to go into a seven-game series. with the, No eight seed is going to go into a seven-game series with the Lakers and beat the Lakers. No. You might be able to win a five-game series against the Lakers. You're not winning a seven-game series against the Lakers. No, absolutely not. And if you look at the flip side in the East, the sixth seed could end up being with a below 500 record. That's how pathetic the Eastern Conference. Everybody is. gets in. That's why. That's why the basketball playoffs is so lousy because you just let everybody in. Like I don't even start watching the basketball playoffs until they get to like this, the quarterfinals because the the first couple of rounds is like uh, I, I, these teams don't even belong here. This is terrible <laughs> basketball. And the worst part is, is like if you're a really good team, you know you got to waste your energy and you got to waste your time to beat these terrible teams and put more mileage on your guys until finally, you know, you, you get to the finals. And by that time, look at what happened to Chris Paul a couple of years ago, his hamstring went, they, they were on the verge of maybe making the finals and, and the the teams are exhausted. It's a poor model. It's a very poor model. And I don't really see how adding the, um, adding to the roster for a 15 man roster, it really doesn't matter, especially in the playoffs, when you shrink your rotations to eight or nine guys anyway. Some teams don't – some teams even shrink it farther than that. You're just going to, you know, you're going to burn your guys out on, like you said, mediocre competition. So, like, if I'm the Washington Wizards, for example, I, I kind of see them in and around the five seed. Uh, if I see them, like, they're in the four or five game, like, am I really going to, you know – is that going to be wasted? Is that effort going to be wasted on things? Or if I'm doing, if I'm a three, six, right. 
if I'm safe, like the Charlotte Hornets and somehow I end up in the sixth seed because the bottom of the, the bottom of the conference is so terrible that I somehow make it to the six. What am I going to do against the three seed? Like it's, it really is a jumble. And not only that, but like, even like this year, like it just, it just doesn't matter. Right. Mm-hmm. Like if you're a middle of the road team, it doesn't matter because once the playoffs start, it's not like there are fans in the stands. So home field advantage is out the window, right? We're just basically two teams playing each other. It's almost like we're playing each other on a neutral floor, especially if they go bubble up again. So basically we have 82 games or 59 games or whatever they wind up settling on. It's, it's, it's seating and it's a seat. It's seating in a situation where the seating doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I'm a three playing a six, what does it matter? Because I don't have, you know, game seven is going to be there. There's no fans in the stands. And you know what? I kind of like the hotel next to uh, the Staples Center. So it works out. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, that's the whole thing. It's like, they don't, they don't really, they, they, the NBA hasn't figured it out yet. They haven't figured it out that, you know, you rather have competition. I think we're going to get into it in our next segment. But, you know, just to finish with our NBA, you know, previews, for me, there's only a few teams in the East that matter, and that's the Nets, the Raptors, the Bucks, and the Heat. Those are the teams I think we're going to see at the end in some way or another, right? Yeah. 76ers, I think, are a year away because they just got their new coach, and they're still trying to feel things out unless Harden comes out there. You know, same thing with the, 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 um, the Hawks. I think they're going to be good, but I think they're really a year away from competing. And then the West, it, it's no one's going to beat the Lakers. So it's the Lakers. You could throw the Clippers in there or Portland, the Nuggets. And I think the Suns will be a newcomer. You know, they'll be an up and rising team that that'll compete at a high level. But, you know, if if you really and, and I guess this kind of goes into our, our our next segment. You know, one of the things Adam Silver was talking about is expansion. God knows why, because I guess for money. But, you know, I, I'm guessing if they were going to expand the places you want to go, I'm sure Adam Silver wants to go to Vegas. But the, the one that makes the most sense is Seattle, Washington. A hundred percent. And it's a weird situation right now because the NBA has taken out a line of credit against itself in order to facilitate what's going on. So in order to give additional, you know, cash fluidity. So in the future... He's looking at the billions of dollars for these entry fees, for these organizational fees. And I can see where that would be tantalizing. But let's think about what expansion does. Expansion dilutes your product. You need, I mean, it's not like the Vegas Golden Knights in hockey. The rules were set up specifically for them to have a good team immediately. They weren't, I mean, no one expected Stanley Cup finals good. But they were geared to have a good team. So if Adam Silver is going to make these rules similar to those NHL rules, sure, you actually can have an expansion team, you know, get off the blo- out of the blocks immediately and be successful. But let's think about this. What exactly are you putting these teams into? You're putting, if it's the Seattle Supersonics again, you're going to put them into a West where they have no shot of winning because you have the Lakers or you have the Clippers 
or you have the Suns because of a few years of seasoning with Aiton, like they will be better. So what exactly are you welcoming them to? And if you expand to 31, you know you have to expand to 32 just for competitive balance and for balance in the league. So that puts you where? Uh, where? St. Louis? Cincinnati? Like somewhere on the East Coast that doesn't have a basketball team already. And what are they walking into? They could be mediocre right away because they can, in their inaugural season, could somehow end up being as high as the five seed because the, the Eastern Conference in the NBA just is terrible. So as far as expansion goes, I get why you want to do it. It's money. It's finances. But you're just going to further dilute your product and it's not going to make for good basketball. And I can argue, I can argue the other side of it, right? So my whole thing is, I'm, well, I guess I'm arguing the same point you are where I'm against expansion. I'm actually for contraction because I believe that if you took out four or five teams, you would have more super teams and I think the NBA and the NBA fans like super teams. They liked when Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, and Kevin Garnett were playing in Boston. I can tell you that I loved when LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh were playing in Miami. Everyone's liking LeBron and AD on the Lakers. So let's say you got rid of five teams. Let's say you get rid of the Hornets, the Grizzlies, uh, the Timberwolves, the Pelicans, and either Portland or Sacramento. Now, and then you take those players and you just disperse them into the league. Or better yet, maybe you take the best players on those teams and create an, create an expansion market in Vegas. Or maybe you create two teams, one on the East Coast and one on the West Coast. But you do it with those players. Like, can you picture like a Damian Lillard playing for Pop down in San Antonio? Or how about, how about, um, how about Ja Morant? going to play for the Miami Heat. I mean, that's amazing. That would be such a bigger seller. That would create such more comp. You want to create more competition. And like you said, by expansion, you're not creating more competition. You're creating less balance in the league than it's ever seen before. Like, are we ever going to see the Orlando Magic, like, really come back to a championship form again? What do they do it once a decade? But if if there was more talent in the pool – if they had better players coming off their bench or if they had um, if they had uh, better players that they can plug into a starting role, it creates more competition in the league. Nobody plays defense anyway. That's true. Absolutely. It's completely an offensive league. And contraction would be a great way to, to facilitate deeper teams. But at the same time, the NBA and sports in general are never going to go that never way. Never going to go for it. Never they'll they'll move years. teams, but they're never going to contract teams. But, right. I mean, well, think about it. Well, such think about... competition. It'd be so yeah. great. Well, think about Major League Baseball, right? When they were considering contracting the Twins and the Expos, but they still they brought in the Rays and the Diamondbacks. So, it's really, uh, it would have been a wash at that point. But, the, di- the distribution of the talent is what is actually, I find, very intriguing on your part. If you were Adam Silver and you were going to contract, what teams would you contract? What markets do you, would you find as unnecessary? Yeah, and like I said, I mean, I'd start with 
I start with Memphis. I don't need Memphis. I don't need Minnesota. I don't need New Orleans. I don't need Charlotte. And I could probably do without Portland or Sacramento. And I'd lean towards Sacramento because I already got teams in L.A. What about Milwaukee? See, Milwaukee's a tough one, right? Because they have Giannis. It'd be hard to take him after. It'd be hard to, you know, if they didn't have Giannis, I would be fine with contracting Milwaukee. I would, you know. Well, um, the smallest market in is also San Antonio. San yeah. Antonio is an extremely small market. Yeah, I mean, but, the old, they have they have a winning history there, and they actually sell tickets. Like they have fans. Like right. FedEx Forum is not getting sold out. All right. No. Uh, Target Arena is not getting sold out. Not with those guys. No. And the other thing is, is like, look at a team like Minnesota Timberwolves. I mean, the NBA season literally goes from October to June. So from, I'd say, what, November to February or March, they're playing in below, they're playing in around zero temperatures, 12 degrees. As, yeah, I know they're playing inside, but like, me as a basketball fan, I'm not flying to Minnesota to see Minnesota play anybody. I'll fly to LA and watch the LA Lakers take on a team. I'll fly to Miami, see Miami play on a team. I'll even I'm we're from New York. I could go to Madison Square Garden. Anybody would want to go to Madison Square Garden to watch a basketball game. No one's flying to Target Arena to watch the Minnesota Timberwolves play. Like just sure. think it think of it from a financial standpoint. You create such better competition. And at the end of the day, this is what the players want. Like they're all calling each other in the offseason, trying to get them to come and play. Come play here. Come play with me. I'll team up with you. You team up with this guy. Like that's what's happening in the offseason. If we got rid of five teams, you would make ten teams better. Like literally, ten teams would become better. So you'd have ten really good teams competing. Every year, I'm talking about in the East and the West, and you'd have, when you have your eight playoff teams, six of those playoff teams are going to really freaking compete for the championship. Like, you'd have better opportunity for a six seed or a seven seed to get to the finals. Definitely. And then the Knicks will finally have their superstar they've been looking for since Patrick Ewing got traded. All yes. right. Gun to your head. Gun to your head. Your your NBA finals matchup. Uh, hmm. Yeah, I'd probably go with the uh, probably go with the Lakers and the Nets. Chalk. It's gonna be hard. <laughs> it's gonna be hard to beat that team, man. It's just gonna it's gonna be hard to beat that team if they're playing like the way they played last night. Like you gotta understand, DeAndre Jordan's gonna get every single rebound. He got eleven boards last night. No, absolutely, and you know, the the art of being a big man is a is a dying one. So, you know, as far as predictions go, I mean, it's the safe bet. It's the most logical bet, but you know what? Sometimes you just got to go with your gut. And I think a year away for the Warriors was one year too many. So I can see them going back to the finals. You know, it's a. It, I'm not saying it's going to be a sweep. I'm saying it's a hard-fought series. You know, the, the Lakers and the Warriors are going to be 1-2 in the in the Western Conference. I could definitely see that. And, you know, seven games all the way. And as far as the Eastern Conference goes, yeah, it's just – it's a slog, you know. The Heat bubbled up out of nowhere last year. So, you know, 
You can't say they bubbled up out of nowhere because the, the dynamic was so much different last year because they were playing in the bubble. Like a team like the Milwaukee Bucks were neutralized in the bubble because every advantage they had as far as home court, people coming to play them, dealing with Giannis, was eradicated. <laughs> it True. Just but in terms of talent, the the Heat were not supposed to be there. I think we both agree on that. They were at least, they were projected as being at least a year away. So the, I think you could say they came a little too early. But as far as like picking a sleeper team out of the Eastern Conference, it's difficult to do so because you have the underachieving Celtics, you have the Nets. I I that's going to be a freaking train wreck. So I'm I'm actually rooting for that to blow up. So. You know, I, I want to see that in all its glory. And we'll get to that in our next segment. But, you know, it's hard to predict an unpredictable team at the Eastern Conference because we've seen a lot of these guys already and, and they haven't been impressive to begin with. So, you know, if, if that if I'm forced to take somebody, I'm going to go Warriors Nets. I mean, I did. I just, you know, I mean, I disagree. I just think basketball is one of the one of the sports where you literally could predict like the final four teams, like because it's such a star driven league. Like stars make the end. Like stars will be there. That's why I. That's why we both said Nets. Because why? Because they have two of the top ten players on their team, right? And if we're gonna talk about, I know you're, I know you were talking down about Boston and down about Miami, but. You can't rule out them being in the mix or being there. They're too they're too star heavy. No, you can't rule them out being in the mix. But and especially, you, I mean, in the West, I mean, you love it. You're slurping the Warriors, but man, they got to beat the Clippers. They got to beat Dallas. How about Denver? Denver was killing people last year, like killing people. Like there's a warrant for their arrest last year. <laughs> the Jazz, the Jazz are very good. The Suns are up and coming. Portland made some noise. I think Portland's going to be better. Like, the Clayless Warriors, they're going to be okay. But I, I just don't – I don't – like, if you watch the game last night, they can't defend anybody. Like, who's going to de- – they, they, can't, they can't stop. They can – they'll go out there and try to outscore you. They're going to run with you. But they're missing a splash brother. They're trying it's... to play their new form of basketball with Wiseman. And – it's going to take time for that to work. You know, well, two or three years away. If you recall, I did send you that Instagram from Bleacher Report about potential trades. And I'm not saying, but I'm just saying, who's who's to say that James Harden doesn't end up there? Yeah, that would be great. That would be insane. So if James I know Harden's they there, they can just blow they want, fucking they people away. And, and he, he signed an extension with, with um, you know, with the... Bucks, but we were even talking about the idea of maybe Harden going to the Nuggets, which would be incredible, you know? Yeah, but I'm, I, I, I need to see what the package would be, you know? If it's, if it's Murray, Murray's a little too rich for my blood. Porter Jr., maybe, but I really don't want to. I don't want to take Murray off of that team, and it's going to take one of the big guys to get him. I don't think so. I don't like if you're if I'm the Rockets owner. I want Porter Jr. I want another player, and I want three picks. Boom. Why? Who? Why wouldn't you give that up? You're gonna you're gonna be able to play Murray, Harden, and Jokovic. No, yeah, no. We're, we're in a, we're in agreement. I, I, you're I not gonna. I don't want to get rid of Murray. Absolutely. No, not. you don't I have think to. Jamal Murray's good. 
No, if I'm if I'm if I'm the Rockets GM, I don't need him. I'm gonna build. I'm gonna. I need to build a new team because me taking on Murray doesn't help me. He's gonna pay Murray. I don't want to pay Murray. Like I want. I'll take Porter Jr. He'll be he'll be one of my assets. I want another player, and then I want three picks. I want two first and the second, and that's it. And it's, it's not even a negotiation. That's what I want, and I don't see why Denver should do it. I mean, for for a team and for a player the caliber of James Harden, just talent wise, I'm not talking about the person. Talent wise, absolutely, you make that trade. Yeah, but and the other thing is like Dallas, like Dallas. If Porzingis comes back and he's healthy, like, well, can uh, this is going to be an interesting year? Can Luka Doncic carry a team? He's going to win the back? MVP. He's going to win the MVP this year. Oh, that's interesting. He's that good, and Chris Paul is going to make Devin Booker that much better. Devin Booker is going to be an MVP candidate. Like this kid's not gonna have to, you know, bring up the basketball every single time. He's actually gonna be able to be a shooting guard, which is what he is. Right. Well, he was. Well, that's the fault of Ryan McDonough and the former Phoenix Suns organization. They put him. They put him out of position. So, well, they did what they had to do. They, you know, they, you know, but they have they have the makings of a good team. They really do. They have they they have the pieces. They have a well, coach, good coach. But now that they have Chris Paul, definitely the pieces fit better. And Andre Ayton's got to make a big leap this year. It's time, boy. It's time, big boy. Absolutely. And that's why we play the games. Because mm-hmm. anybody on paper, like, if you look at the rosters, if you just look at names, it could be easy to pick. But that's why you play the games. Injuries happen. Contract disputes happen. COVID. Strip COVID club. happens. Strip clubs happen. Titties. So, titties, ha- titties always happen. Titties always happen. They put a smile on your face. Welcome, newcomers. <laughs> the tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, you're going to hear about it. All right, boys and girls. It is the segment that you have been waiting for. We got a lot of problems with you people, and now you're going to hear about it. You want to go first, or should I go first? No, yo, no, you've been itching. I know, I, I oh, know, I know I've you've been, been, uh, you've been, I've been chomping at the bit all year, even before we started this podcast. I've been chomping at the bit <laughs> to talk about some of these things. Number one, Kyrie Irving. You got Kenny Atkinson fired. From the, from the sidelines, because you weren't even playing because you got hurt and you opted for surgery. And then you undercut your coach before he even holds a practice. Oh, everybody's going to get a chance. Maybe I'll be a coach this week. Maybe KD will get a chance to coach. How about you let Steve Nash coach since, you know, they hired him to be the head coach. Yoannis Cespedes. I vouched for you after you got to the Mets. He's the godfather took... of your kid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's the godfather of Raheem. He's Raheem's godfather. I was all for the Mets re-signing you. And then this year, when you find out that, oh, 
It's an incentive-laden contract, and they're going to try and save money. Shocker. The Mets and the Wilpons are going to try and save money. You decide to opt out the contract instead of putting your big boy pants on and earning your keep. Marcus Stroman. You're a big mouth anyway. But to opt out of the season, not early on, but after you accrue your status so you can become a free agent and to accept the qualifying offer from the Mets. So that's as much of the Mets as it is Stroman. I, you better freaking win the Cy Young this year, son, because you do not have an ally in me. A role this Chapman. You want to act like a fucking tough guy, chucking a 105-mile-an-hour fastball somebody's head, and then you want to stare people down like you're some kind of freaking tough guy. No, you're not. You're a chump. And the Rays proved it like the Astros proved it the year before. I root against you. I'm not a Yankee hater. I just don't like you. I loathe you. (laughs) I can't stand you. The Cincinnati Bengals. Congratulations, you got a franchise quarterback. What did you do to protect him? Nothing. He now has re- he now had to have reconstructive surgery on his leg because you did not protect your asset. Morons. Exactly. Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich. You get Tom Brady. You get a gift in TB12. Right? And what do you do? You decide that we're going to make him fit our system. No, you go to his house and you say, Mr. Brady, what offense do you want to run? How good would this team be if they capitulated just a little bit and decided, hey, maybe we should run the New England offense that he's been running since 2001. He's been pretty successful at it. I'm just saying. And the last one, since we are in holiday theme, it's not particularly sports, but elf on a shelf. Grow up. Moving on. I (laughs) cede the floor to you. All right. So my first grievance is with the college football playoff system. As you all know, Alabama, Clemson, OSU, and Notre Dame. Yeah, that's right. I said Notre Dame came in at number four. I loved Notre Dame growing up as a kid, but I'm tired of seeing their ass getting kicked by Alabama and Clemson. Do I recall in 2013, Alabama played Notre Dame and it was 28-0 at halftime and they wound up losing 42-14? to Oh, and then last last week, that's right, I just want to repeat myself, last week they played Clemson and it was 24-3 at halftime and then it's 34-10 as a final score. Meanwhile, teams like Cincinnati, who's 9-0, and Coastal Carolina, who's 11-0, don't even sniff the playoff. Come on, man. And OSU, Ohio State, the Ohio State University only plays six games. Man, Coastal Carolina played six games just in conference. They played five other teams <laughs> on their schedule, for God's sake. How about them Chanticleers? <laughs> I don't even know what a Chanticleer is. I have to go it's look a shady bird. <laughs> I-, I thought it was a Chandelier. I was like, are you just saying it wrong? <laughs> uh, Justin Turner. 
man. Wear a mask. Wear a mask, man. You see what we're going through out here? You putting everybody in danger just because you won the championship? Come on. Rob Manford. Rob Manford trying to ruin the best sport in the world. Buckle up. Listen, I hope you pack the lunch. Listen, Rob. Baseball is like a shark. It 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 ha- it doesn't it to other sports. It ha- it doesn't need to evolve. It was perfect when it was created. So take your universal DH, your seventh inning double headers. You're starting a man on second in extra innings, trying to remove the shift, removing specialists from the game, and take that somewhere else. Oh yeah, expanding the playoffs. We don't need to expand the playoffs. If you're good enough in baseball, you make the damn playoffs. And playing games, keep it. We don't want any of that stuff. Man, Rob Banford, man. Dwayne Haskins. We talked about this already. Strip club with no mask. Notice how I said with no mask. <laughs> After no a mask. loss. While you're a captain and you're trying to get your job back. And you're trying to get your team to the playoffs. Like, what are you thinking, dude? What are you thinking? Come on. What the- That's the problem with titties, man. You stop thinking. Titties. Titties. <laughs> NFL MVP voting, guys, if I see Aaron Rodgers or Pat Mahomes on this MVP voting one more time, I'm going to lose my shit. It's clear. It's Dalvin Cook or Derrick Henry. That's it. That's the list. No quarterbacks, no defensive linemen, no wide receivers. That's the list. Everybody get with it. The guy's about to go for 2,000 yards this year. He's carrying his team on his back. Come on, man. Cleveland Browns defense. Man, Lamar Jackson goes into the locker room, takes your shit, comes out, and beats you on fourth and six. Come on, man. What are you doing? This guy came, he's playing Madden out there on you. Get a chance to lock this thing down. He comes out and just, he torches you and wins the damn game. Guy's got toilet paper on his fucking cleat. I mean, come on. The Rams. How do you got... You know, you were so fixated. You you could tell Sean McVay was so fixated on beating the Patriots because, oh, I want to avenge my Super Bowl loss. I want to really, you know, show Belichick how great of a coach I am. That you didn't prepare it all for the New York Jets. They came into your place. They blocked a punt. They, they just embarrassed you on your home field. You just proved to me that you will never, ever make the Super Bowl again. You got to get your stuff together, man. And last but not least, the Milwaukee Bucks front office botching this Bogdanovich trade so bad that you just lost a second-round pick in 2022 because you can't get your shit together. Get your shit together. So was it good for you guys? Gosh. I'm spent. Swipe left or swipe right? You know the drill, boys and girls. If we like it, we're going to swipe left. No, that's not true. If we don't (laughs) like it, we're going to swipe left. And if we like it, we're going to swipe right. Just testing you. You got to be quick. You got to pay attention. This year's topic, this topic is Christmas movies. We're going to swipe left. If we don't like them, swipe right. If we do, all-time classics. We're starting out with it's a wonderful life. Are you swiping left or swiping right? I'm swiping left on a wonderful life. Not my not my jam. That's a terrible movie, really. It's uh, so depressing and 
makes me want to put a gun in my mouth when I watch it. And it's on every damn year. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Swipe left, swipe right. This is easily a swipe right. Shitter's classic. (laughs) You checked our shitters? Swiping right on that one. No doubt about it. Home Alone. A Christmas classic, for sure. We're not talking about the sequel. We're talking about the original with Macaulay Culkin. We're swiping left or swiping right? I'm swiping left, but man, I wish I was Mr. McAllister. What do you think about it? I mean, the guy got tickets for his whole family to go to Paris. Clearly, the guy's a drug dealer. Him and his wife sat in first class. That's 10 grand right there. I'm swiping right on it. I mean, it's a good it's a good movie. I don't necessarily think of it as a Christmas movie. It's a movie set at Christmas. There is a little bit of a difference there because if you take that story and you write it and you put it in the summer and they're just going to Paris for summer vacation, the movie still works. You know, it has nothing about the the magic of Christmas and all that stuff. So for me. It's a movie at Christmas, not a Christmas movie, but it's still a damn good movie. Just another side note, even if it takes place in the summer or even if it takes place in the Christmas season, the McAllisters are definitely getting a visit from child services. Oh, 100%. And to do it again? Oh, come on, man. The Muppet Christmas Carol. Swipe left or swipe right? Oh, big swipe right for me, man. That's, that, that's Christmas right there. Um, I mean, I haven't really seen a lot of it, but what I saw, I liked, and it's the Muppets. You got to swipe right on that. <laughs> elf. <laughs> oh, Elf. I am swiping left. This is the most annoying movie I've ever seen. Will Ferrell is terrible in it. Zoe Deschanel is eh. And they ruined Sonny Corleone. I don't know how you ruined Sonny Corleone like they did in that movie. Big swipe left on Elf. Yeah, I'm swiping left on Elf. The Nightmare Before Christmas. Swipe left or swipe right? I'm swiping left because I think it's more of a Halloween movie than a Christmas movie. I can see that, definitely. Uh, it's it's a Halloween movie, more so than a Christmas movie, but still a good movie, so I'll swipe right on it. And I'm not even a Tim Burton fan. and um, I'll watch that. Hallmark movies. An umbrella term. Not any specific one. Hallmark movies in general, swipe left or swipe right? Swipe left. Not a big fan of the Hallmark channel, unless they want to become a sponsor. <laughs> I am a big Hallmarky. I'm swiping right on this one. It's nice to know that they all end relatively with a happy ending. Because of your days and... of a pirate. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's, you know, sometimes... You're such you... a homer. You need to be hit in the fields. Sometimes it's okay, man. Jingle all the way. Swipe left or swipe oh, right. Swipe right. Swipe I want right. a Turbo Man doll. Oh, God. It's such a good movie. And, you know, Schwarzenegger's got range. Who knew? Swipe right on that one. A Charlie Brown Christmas. Swipe left or swipe right. Swipe right, baby. I'm swiping left. I watched it last week for the first time ever. And I got to say, those kids are real pieces of shit to Charlie Brown. Like, I can understand why you'd be why you'd be upset at them. Man, fuck you. <laughs> I'll cut you. I'll cut you, man. Even his own dog, man. His own fucking dog. His life is a country song. It's terrible. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Swipe left or swipe right? Uh, Swiping right. 
same here. It's a classic. It's a classic for a reason. And you know what? The themes still really shine through. I watched it a couple weeks ago and still puts a smile on my face. And last but not least. The movie or the strip club? <laughs> God. <laughs> nice to see you, Mistletoe. God knows what was happening under her. Anyway, uh, the most controversial one, Die Hard. Swipe left or swipe right? I'm swiping left because it's not a Christmas movie. Like, I'm, I'm in that camp. See, I'm swiping right. In the, if I'm going to swipe right for Home Alone, I'm swiping right for Die Hard. You know, it's a good quality movie. And again, if you do take that, if you, it's a movie set at Christmas, it's not a, really a Christmas movie because it really doesn't have the, you know, the overarching themes that we look for in Christmas movies. But you know what? Sometimes it, it's okay to be a little bit different. Sometimes. And, and Die Hard is definitely... A different kind of movie. Come to the coast. We'll get together. Have a few laughs. Have, have a few laughs. Now I have a machine gun. No, ho, ho, ho. Now I know what a TV dinner feels like. <laughs> Classic one-liners. And we didn't even mention the most famous of all. Yippee-ki-yay, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> all these terrorists and I find the one who's got feet smaller than my sister. <laughs> Classic. And of course... You also have the father from Family Matters on there. So come on. That's great. Yes. Time to see what's cooking this weekend. Sponsored by As You Eat It. Only on YouTube. That's A-Z. You eat it. Check it out today. All right, brother, how did you do last week in your picks? I went nine and five. I did pretty good. I won 10 last week. I was surprised a little bit. Uh, you know, a, a few of the a few of the safe bets, I thought, were the ones that let me down. So, you I'm know. I'm lighted up this week, though. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm Let's ready. do it. Let's right. do it. And we're going to start. Bay. On... I got Tampa Bay over Detroit. That's an easy one for me. Tampa Bay. Yeah. I mean. This one you got to look out for because it may get moved. A lot of the Lions coaches are in the COVID contract tracing protocols. So if it happens, I'm taking the Bucks. Christmas Day, it's not just for the NBA this year. The Vikings and the Saints, who are you taking? Oh, that's easy for me. I'm taking the Saints. It was it was not a good performance by Drew Brees the other day. He figures Rusty got it out of his system. I'm going to take the Saints as well. All right, we got Arizona. I got Arizona over the San Francisco 49ers. DJ Beathard is back at under center for San Francisco. We'll see for how long because Josh Rosen is breathing down his neck. Um, and it's a revenge game for Mr. Rosen. So, yeah, no, no I can't do it. It's the Cardinals. I'm going to take the Dolphins to beat Vegas. And I think Mariota is starting at quarterback there. Vegas is in a tailspin right now. I don't know if they can get out of it. Miami, like they didn't look great against the Patriots, but a win is a win is a win, and they are going to beat Vegas. We alluded to this earlier, but I'm taking the Colts over Pittsburgh. You can't take the Steelers right now. You can't trust them. You absolutely can't trust them. No way. I'm taking Kansas City to beat Hotlanta. As well, I'm taking the Chiefs. Uh, the Falcons, you, you got to stop blowing leads. You, you just got to. 
eventually you got to stop blowing leads. <laughs> stop blowing, period. Well, we don't, they don't have that kind of time. <laughs> okay, I'm taking the uh, Chicago Bears over the Jacksonville Jaguars just because the Jacksonville Jaguars are trying to lose. It's yeah. I mean, what else can you say? It's not impressive. I mean, it's not because we're impressed with Nagy or Trubisky or anybody on the Bears. It's just that they're playing the Jags. So Bears, it is. Okay. Um. I'm. This was a tough one for me, but I'm not going to take the Cincinnati Bengals to lose. I have Houston Texans beating the Bengals. It's definitely, it's definitely interesting considering the result on Monday, but. I got to go with the Texans too. I mean, they, they're on paper, a better team, but you know, games aren't played on paper. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Bengals won. Okay. I am taking the Ravens to beat your giants. Well, the giants did not look good on Sunday night. I alluded to it before. Freddie kitchens was calling the plays, uh, not Jason Garrett, who is in the COVID protocol. That being said, if J- even if Jason Garrett is back, I-, I don't see them hanging with the Ravens. Okay. Uh, I'm taking the Browns to beat the Jets, even though it would be interesting to see if the Jets won again. It would be hilarious if, <laughs> if the Jets won again. But, yeah, no, I-, I can't see it happening. I can't see lightning striking twice. And the the Browns are on too good of a roll right now. Okay, I've got the Panthers beating Washington just based off the fact that Alex Smith's not playing and the whole Wayne um, Dwayne Haskins situation. Uh well, so that leaves you with Kyle Allen at that point, right? I believe if, if that uh, if because Haskins Haskins has to be done. No, right? as of right as of right now, Haskins is the starter. That's what Ron Rivera said today. Haskins is starting unless Alex Smith can play. Well, hope to God Alex Smith can play. Uh, The Panthers just fired, I believe they just fired their defensive coordinator. Really? So I believe so if I read that correctly. I could be wrong on that. But um, either way, they haven't really been that great this year. They played the Packers pretty good. I mean, they played played the Packers hard, but. I don't know. I, I just don't see it. I, I think the the football team's going to take it. Okay. Um, I have an upset. I got Denver beating the, the Chargers. That game is in L.A. That is that's tough. That that's a coin toss game, just because of Anthony Lynn's inability to close for the most part. I mean, granted, they've been on a little bit of a roll here. And Justin Herbert is the rookie of the year. Close football games, right? It's going to be close. It's definitely going to be close. Badgley is not doing well right now. So if it comes down to a field goal, you know, you take McManus over Badgley. But I don't know if uh, I don't know if the Broncos are going to be able to keep it that close. We might take the Chargers. Okay, hope you're right because I have Justin Herbert starting for me in fantasy championship. Okay, Justin, take care of him. All right, I'm taking Philly over Dallas. It's my two bowls of shit theory. So I'm trying to figure out which one stinks less. The Eagles have the defense. I'm going to take the Eagles. Yeah. Um, I'm taking – okay, this was a tough one for me, but I'm actually taking Seattle to beat the Rams. I think that the loss to the Jets, if the, if the Rams have any pride, it woke them up and they realized that 
they need to try all the time. So with that being said, I am going to take the Rams in this one because I think uh, they're going to get the egg off of their face. I hope you're right because I'm starting the Rams defense in the fantasy. Rams defense, get it done. All right, this is going to be a really good game. This is a Saturday night game. Got Green Bay over Tennessee. That is going to be a really good game. This is the game of the week, boys and girls, right here. This game right here. Derrick Henry versus Aaron Rodgers, basically. I mean, you just, let's just call it what it's going to be. I'm going to take the Titans. I think the run game will control the clock and keep Rodgers on the sidelines. Tannehill actually having a better statistical year than Aaron Rodgers, FYI. Again, dogs and cats living together. Necessary. Uh, I'm taking Buffalo over New England. They get the sweep this year. That'll be some legit bragging rights in Orchard Park. So I'm going to take the Bills. It's not close right now. And I can't believe I'm saying that about a Bill Belichick coach team. It really is not close. All right. Well, that does it for our pick segment. Thanks for tuning in tonight for our Christmas special. You can catch our podcast usually on Friday nights on Anchor or Spotify or anywhere else podcasts are offered. Uh, Until next time, stay faded, everyone, and have a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.